Welcome to the Bridge Church. Our hope is that God will speak to you through this sermon, and you will walk closer with Him in your daily life. Enjoy the message, and God bless. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. If you don't own a Bible, um, or if you own a Bible... Uh, there is a table of contents that's at the beginning of the Bible. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. And you'll be able to find the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. If you don't own a Bible, we have gotten these sweet Bibles. Um, and so we would love to send you one. So you can email us, message us, uh, Facebook us, type in the comments you need a Bible, and we will send one out to you. Um, y'all. There is 173 days until Christmas. Let's go. 173 days until I am that guy. Like, I love Christmas. The Grinch, love it. Home Alone, love it. I'll, I'll even watch it before Christmas. Um, so during Christmas uh, or the Christmas holidays, uh, we travel um, usually to Megan's, uh, my wife, uh, in-law's house. And we play this uh, amazing game called Dirty Santa. Uh, if you've heard of Dirty Santa, go ahead and type Dirty Santa in the comments. Like it, love it, all of those things. Um, so this game, basically, Dirty Santa, is where you will spend, everyone in the family spends maybe like $20 um, on a gift. They don't tell people what the gift is. They just spend money on the gift, and then they wrap the gift up, and they put it on the tree. And so in the game of Dirty Santa, there's a hat that's passed around with numbers inside. And so it just tells you when it's your turn to go. And so when it is your turn to go, um, you pick up a gift, you open it in front of everyone, and then the person after you will either say, I wanna go for a gift or I want your gift. And so I'm usually the one that's always stealing everyone's gifts. Um, well, in Dirty Santa, there are two types of gifts. I'm gonna show you. There is a gift that looks like this, that's wrapped like this, and a gift that's usually wrapped something like this, like really, really bad. And I try my best to go for the gifts that look like this. Uh, because the gifts that look like this on the outside, like looks really, really good on the outside. Uh, but usually on the inside, it's nothing. Like it's not a really good gift. It's probably a terrible gift. But the gifts that are wrapped up like this. Uh oh, see if I can unwrap this thing. Megan wrapped this, by the way. Let's see. It becomes a, what is this? What is it? What is it? A sweet frog gift card. Uh, here, side note real quick. Reignite kicks back off this Friday. And so you have an opportunity to win a $50 sweet frog gift card by showing up. Um, anyway, back to the sermon. So um, kind of just like God, he is more concerned with what the inside looks like. Like he, he, sometimes we get so concerned or society will tell us like uh, how to live a good life or, or how we should live a good life or how we should look on the outside. But God is really more concerned about how the inside of your life looks like. I think as Christians, we've gotten so caught up with trying to live the American dream, right? Like you got to have nice clothes and a, a nice house and, and a Megan, right? A beautiful wife and a, a handsome husband and some kids and a beautiful family and a nice job. And in reality, life isn't about that at all. And when we get so consumed with what life looks like on the outside, 
We can, we can become jealous of others, and we can become very prideful. Life is really about being right with God, being good in the sight of God. And so how do we do that? So what, is that, what does that look like for us? Um, your big idea this morning, I want you to type this in the comments. I want you to write this down. Once you write it down, circle it, underline it. Your big idea is how to be right before God. How to be right before God. How to be right with God. And we're looking at Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Let's look at it. To some who were confident, of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. <laughs> Robbers and, and evildoers and adulterers or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. So Jesus gives this parable because he's surrounded by Pharisees. His audience are the Pharisees. And these Pharisees have this unrealistic sense of worth. Um, they think in order for me to be saved or in order for me to be right before God, I have to look good on the outside. I have to have to live this perfect life. It's through my own works. And because of this, they began to treat everyone with contempt and they looked down on others. And it was as if their own poop don't stink. Like that's the life that they live as if their own poop don't stink. And yet Jesus still, I said poop on camera. Okay. <laughs> and yet Jesus still cared for them. Like Jesus still loved them so much. He gives them this parable. And, and what I love about this is, is Jesus begins to intertwine two people, the tax collectors and the Pharisees. And this is so key. It's so important because the Pharisees did not like the tax collectors. They thought that they were above the tax collectors. They thought they were better than the tax collectors. They thought that they were um, uh, closer to God uh, than the tax collectors. So Jesus is like, I care about y'all. Like, I love y'all, but I need to share some conviction and truth with you. So basically in the story, what we see in verse 11, he shows the Pharisees their own heart. He says, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Like, they're so prideful. He's like, he like he's like, um, I'm not like other people. I'm not like those robbers. Or I'm not like those, those evildoers or those adulterers or even like this, this tax collector that's also walked in with me. And then he's like, I fast twice, not just one time a week, but I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. He is super duper prideful and, and pride is to brag or be in deep satisfaction of your own achievements. So it was like me, my first year of marriage. It was like, I'm, I'm always right and I've done no wrong and I have this hardened heart and life became all about me. My marriage was all about me and I'm like, I don't, I don't need anything and I'm perfect and I do everything right. Like this was the kind of pride that they were carrying around. Um, and their prideful was really saying, them being prideful was really saying, God, I don't need you. He was saying, God, God, I don't, I don't care about you. God, I, I can do it myself. 
God, I'll provide everything. And when you become prideful, what happens is you distance yourself from God. You begin to isolate yourself from God. You begin to separate yourself from God. But not only the presence of God, but the grace of God. And in this parable, it's so ironic, right, that the Pharisee, he's supposed to go to worship God at the temple, but instead he's wanting God to worship him. He's like, God, look at me. Look at everything that I've done. Look at all this goodness that I'm living. I want you to write this down. Your accomplishments don't make you right with God. Like the way that you look on the outside does not make you right with God. Let's look at Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a what? The gift of God. And this is why, like, I love this. Not by works. So not how you've been living, not what you have done, not who you're not like, not by your own works. Why not? So that no one can boast. And so here you have these Pharisees just just living this life, just boasting, telling God how great they are. And is that you become accomplished, not because of your own works, but more so because of God. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So the breath that you have, like listen to me here, the, the breath that you're breathing, the breath that you have, it comes from God. Like you're borrowing it. Like it's not yours, it comes from God. And the clothes that are on your back, God provides that. The food that is on your table, God provides that. The shoes that are on your feet, God provides that. Your time, your time, that's God's time. It's not your time. Your, your talent, that's, that's God's talent that he's given to you. And your treasure, like that's all God's, it's not yours. And pride turns a relationship with Christ to a religion with Christ. That it becomes all about religion. Like it becomes like a law or a checklist. Like I've done this and I went to church this day and I've been to church every single day and I do this and I do that. And we see this in the Pharisee's heart where it should be a relationship with Christ and not burdensome. Let's take a look at verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. I find that weird too. Like they both come in at the same time and then they just, they just separate because the Pharisee not liking the tax collector. It says he would not even look up to heaven. He's sorrowful. He's, he's broken. It's like he, he's mourning right now. It says, but he beats his breast and said, God have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. He comes to God not to be worshipped. He comes to God not to be worshipped, but to worship. He comes to God in need. He comes to God in need of God's mercy, in, in need of God's love and his grace and his forgiveness. He comes for the need of Jesus. He isn't perfect, but he knows someone that is perfect. He was confident that he could not save himself. And so he realizes his work doesn't make him right before God. So he's coming to God with all humility. 
Like, listen how broken he is. He can't even look up to heaven. He's so broken. And he's beating his chest. And I can just imagine him crying and, and, and sad. And like, man, I am a sinner. Like, I need to be saved. So what makes him right before a God like this? A humbled heart. Number one, I want you to write that down. A humbled heart that brings a submissive spirit. This is the uh, humility is the opposite of a feeling like you need to be owed something like there, there's no thought of of entitlement. It is that you are stunned like you are so stunned by how great God is. You're so stunned by how how big God is, is that you are just so overwhelmed with God by God's grace and, and by his f- mercy and his forgiveness is that you are in that you're just coming with him with with reverence and with respect and you see this out of the tax collector he is just in utter disbelief that he gets the opportunity to even come to pray to God the tax collector can't even look into heaven he is wowed by God like he is amazed about who he is and, and a lot of times people ask me, they say, Chris, like, I, I listen to your videos. I watch your sermons. I don't really understand why you say you get to be the pastor of the Bridge Church. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why do you say you get to be? It's because I'm just, I can't believe that God would even choose me to pastor a church. Like, I can't believe that God would even have me to shepherd a church, that God would even use me to be a leader of a church. I'm just in awe that he would even consider me to do something like this. And I'm, it's just this humility. It's like, man, I get to do this. God allows this. It's like, I get to serve in the Bridge Kids area. Like, I get to do that. Like, I get to greet people. When they walk in, like I get to run the production team, like I get to sing your praises, Lord, I get to get to sing to you, I get to play the drums or the guitar, I get to serve my community. God, I'm so thankful for you that I get to serve the community, like I get to give to you something that's not mine in the first place, but you allow me to just give to you, I get to lead people to you. God, you allow me to lead people to you, I get to be used by you. This is how the Bridge Church orchestrates. That was so much humility. That's like, man, I get to do that. That God uh, allows me to do that. That we have a humble heart that brings a submissive spirit that, God, I submit under you. Is that, God, you have my full attention. God, I'm listening to you. God, I am all yours. God, you have all of me, my time. You have it. My talents, Lord, they are yours. My treasure, here you go. Like I'm no longer directed by my own selfish ambition, but I look to you to direct my life and to build my life. We don't want to move without Jesus. We want Jesus always in our presence because it's, it's Jesus really that brings a protected life. See, someone that is prideful will be like, no, man, I, I protect my life. Like, I do that. Or you're like, man, no, man, I, I, I comfort my life. No, it's, it's Jesus. He's the one that brings the comfort. Like, it's Jesus. He's the one that brings the peace. Jesus brings a life of rest. Jesus brings a life of strength. It's Jesus that brings a life of, of trust. Life isn't about just looking good. 
Life isn't just about just, just living a good life, but it is to serve God. See, see, we live in a, a society where people think in order for you to be right with God, you have to just live a good life. Uh, you just have to just to treat people right. And people will say, man, we don't we don't really need God. Like we don't we don't need them. Just just live a good life and treat people good. But let me ask you a question. Like without God, what is even good in the first place? Like with, with, without God, what is even good? What's a good life without him? I mean, King Herod, it's like a, a life without Jesus was, was so good. He started murdering babies. Like to him, that was a good life. That a life would be without Jesus and he would just murder babies or, or Pharaoh. A good life to him uh, was without Hebrew male babies. And so he would murder them. Or man, you look at Hitler. A good life to him was, was without Jews. A life without Jews. To him, that's a good life. In reality, it is that God determines what a good life is. And he lays his law on your heart. So us knowing it's wrong to murder, guess who that comes from? It comes from God. Us knowing that it's, it's wrong to steal, guess who that comes from? That, that comes from God. That we don't become right with God by how good we look on the outside, but it's by who we have accepted on the inside. And it will affect how I live, not merely how I look. This tax collector has realized that it is Jesus that makes him right before God. It, it is Jesus that makes him right before God. And Jesus should make you honest and vulnerable like this tax collector. And not to allow you to feel greater than others. So the tax collector has this repentant heart. Like I, I, I love what he brings to God. He's like, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. Number two. A repentant heart brings a rescued life. A repentant heart brings a rescued life. He's saying, God, I'm so broken. God, I'm so fallen. God, I'm so depraved. God, I am, I am in need in you, Lord. I, I'm so sorry. I don't want to live a life without you any longer, Lord. I, I want you. He becomes dependent on God. And because of it, this is what it says in verse 14. Jesus says this. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is what it means to be right before God. That in humility, you repent. You, you turn away from what led you to destruction. You begin to start running towards Christ who gives you life. And then, and then your life, it begins to look like Philippians 2. It says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. That life is, it becomes, it's not about me anymore. Like it's, it's not about me, but it's about him. Or vain conceit. 
rather in humility value others above yourself this is why the bridge church loves being in the community because we value others more than ourselves like we want to serve you because we care about you we we love you and we're not looking to our own interests as it says in verse 4 but each of you to the interest of others and so maybe you're here today Maybe you're here today and you, you don't have a relationship with Christ. And a lot of times you, you find yourself like this Pharisee, a life that's just, just full of pride. That pride is just, just taking over your life, that, that I'm the best, I'm the greatest. I want you to know that life isn't about that. That that doesn't make you right before God, before God. That it's Jesus that does that is that when you start a relationship with Christ, God doesn't see your brokenness. God doesn't see your unholiness, your unrighteousness. God doesn't see you being depraved, you being fallen. But God God will see what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing, his perfection. God sees Jesus' righteousness and that will be placed upon you. And so maybe you're here and and you're not a Christian. Today is the day of salvation. Like I would not want you to log off here without giving your life to Christ. If you're a Christian, it's so important that you live a life full of humility. Matthew 18, 4 says, Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest, he's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. God, you're so good. And I know oftentimes, man, I find myself like the Pharisee. Just boasting about how good I really am. And Lord, standing next to you, I'm not good. Like I'm not good. And in and, and our reality, I, I deserve your wrath. I do. But God, I just, I, I want to find myself like the tax collector every single day. I want to find myself like him. That I come to you with just humility and just beating on my chest because you have given me mercy. God, I pray that we just live a life that's like that. A life that says, Lord, I need you. Lord, I, I need you. More than anything, I need you. And so, man, if there are people on this live stream today that that you're not a Christian, you don't have a relationship with Christ, um, this is what I want to tell you. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you can be saved. It's that simple. So it may look look like this for you. A prayer that looks like this for you. God, I'm, I'm a sinner. Like I I find myself like the tax collector. I'm a sinner and I need your grace and I need your mercy. And so today I've heard a message that that you have died on the cross for my sin so that I can be reconciled, so so that I can have a relationship with the Father again. And so Lord, I I want you to be the, the king of my heart and the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
So if that was you today, if that was you today that, that gave your life to Christ, in that link, there is a connect card. Man, we want you to fill that out. And congratulations, man. That's a big deal. Let's go. Come on. That's awesome. And so if that was you, fill that connect card out. Man, we want to send you a gift. And we just want to ch- share with you what your next steps are so you can continue to walk with Christ. Y'all, let's, let's live a life full of humility Right, like we daily go to the Lord in in prayer and thanking Him for everything that we have, like the clothes that are on our back, the shoes that are on my feet. Man, God provides for that, and so let's let's daily rock like that. Man, I love you, and always remember, be a bridge. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. We will have new messages uploaded each week on our website at thebridgefxbg.org and all social media platforms. Have a blessed week, and remember, always be a bridge.